You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, happy Friday to all you A's fans. Yeah, we got a little Friday baseball game two of a four-game set between the Athletics and the Mariners from the Pacific Northwest. Dave Cavill, the president, is going to be riding high today after another win for him and the organization. He's going to be here at 4.05. Ryan Roland Smith. Didn't I tell you never to book anybody that has three names? I'm trying to think. I guess I guess Roland is. Can you name a person Smith? Oh, you're someone. Ryan Roland. But can you name a can you give the first name Smith to someone though? Besides Agent Smith from The Matrix. No, their first name is Smith. I don't know. They just call him Smith in the movie. Yeah, but your actual name. It- oh yeah, Smith. I don't know, Smith Townsend, Smith Elias. I've never heard of a Smith as I know, a first name. I know. So, Ryan Roland Smith. Can you yeah. trust somebody that's got three names? Uh, well, not always. Well, <laughs> he does Mariners pre and post. Remember, he pitched in the big leagues, and he's a friend of the program. And then it's Friday, so that means it's time for the Mark Katze show. And that will be at 5.30. So, the president at 4.05. Ryan Roland Smith at 5 o'clock and Mark Kotze at 5.30. You know, today could have been really rough. It could have been. And the fact that it passed, we wondered, you know, is this thing going to pass? Then we started hearing it was going to be a slam dunk. Didn't know how big of a slam dunk, but my God, we'll take the slam dunk. And now it moves on. And it's going to be interesting to hear from Dave Cavill. Okay, you can breathe a little bit. You passed. Now what? And now it sounds like July 5th, the city council has to decide, all right, when when, when are we going to have some binding votes? Because that's to me, I don't want to, I mean, hearings, council meetings, votes, all this kind of, we need binding votes. This was a a vote that truly mattered because if it was a no, the A's were done with our terminal. This was a vote that really was project to you that happens or it doesn't. We've had so many meetings that are like, it's a meeting to a meeting to a meeting. It's a hearing to a hearing to a meeting to a council meeting to county to this was, it's got to be a yes or a no. Yes, project lives on. No, oh my God, what are we talking about? 
And something that I'm going to ask Dave Cavill about, because for some of our A's fans who have dogged our good friend, Chris Mad Dog Russo, high heat on MLB Network, they started their show out today, their A Block, with Alana Rizzo down in L.A. being a part of the show. They started the program with Howard Terminal, a show that's based out of New York, started the show with Howard Terminal. I thought that was huge. What does that tell you? That from New York to all around baseball, everybody's paying attention to what Dave Cavill and the Oakland A's are doing right now. And let's welcome the president of the Oakland Athletics. Dave, you got to be feeling great. You wake up this morning and another hurdle you have climbed. Yeah, it feels tremendous. I mean, this is a really tough approval, a super majority to get 23 yes votes. I mean, it exceeded our, our wildest expectations. And so it was a great day for the A's and for Oakland and for our entire project at the waterfront. We need to get something from you to represent you, to give you the good mojo on the A's cast live set. I know we haven't done a Dave Cavill bobblehead doll yet, but we got to get something for the set from you. I'm gonna. I'll send you guys something. I'll send you something. Yeah, I mean, maybe one of the bobbleheads I made for the Golden Baseball League that I started. That I a perfect. See, what, I, got a, I got a Ricky Henderson bobblehead, and I can I can give you that. Per, we're, we we've been we've been collecting like Cody just went to the ballpark in Arlington, brought us back Nolan Ryan. So we're starting. I, I to, have, I'm gonna I'm gonna I have the Ricky over here. I'm gonna get it. One sec. Don't all go right. anywhere. Perfect. We're here. Uh. Beauty of live television now. Safeco Field. It's another dandy I got when I was up there. Safeco still, there it, not T-Mobile. There yeah. it is right here. There it is. Oh, I love it. Ricky Anderson, San Diego Surf Dogs. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's similar to the, to the one he has in uh, the Oakland. So, uh, I love it. On. I so love it. I'll send you a couple of those. I'll send you one of those. Absolutely love it. Well, so now I think the big question is where do we go from here? We're hearing about July 5th, city council. When can we start talking about the vote that truly matters, a binding vote? Well, hopefully soon. Hopefully we navigate this um, July 5th situation and they they don't actually do this uh, advisory measure. We cannot have no more advisory measures. We need to have definitive binding votes. We're five years in. The time for advisory things is passed. It's time to vote on the project. We're very close, and hopefully there's enough political will to schedule the vote before Mayor Schaaf leaves office and to get it in front of the city council and hopefully get a yes. So what exactly has to happen so that we don't have this advisory deal going on in November or whenever it's going to go? Well, we need to fend off the July 5th meeting. You know, We've been spending time with the different council members, uh, I don't think they have enough votes to actually put it on the, the ballot right now. Uh, they need five affirmative votes as city council members. And we've talked to the city council members and expressed, obviously, through the media, too, that that is not a path for success on this project. We do not need more advisory measures. We need an actual binding vote. We're actually quite close. Let's not squander this incredible opportunity. Yeah, no doubt about it. You want to hear binding. I mean, I, I was just talking about before you came on. We're all tired of hearing about meetings that lead to meetings that lead to... Yeah, we're done with that. We're done with that. We just need a final binding vote of the city council 
it would be the development agreement and community benefits agreement. It would be the economic deal. It's, it creates vesting rights for the A's and our ability to develop the site. And it's incredibly powerful. It's, it's the fulcrum, which this entire project is kind of like, you know, um, you know, holding on. And so we need to do everything that we can to get that approval as soon as possible. So if we got everything rolling and, and, and the timeline was going the exact way you wanted it, we get binding votes and we're all in this together and it's going to happen. When do you think we could have a ballpark? Well, it'll depend on the lawsuits. You know, that's still a wild card because that the lawsuits may require some change. Like they have to be adjudicated within 270 days, but they could throw some type of wrench into the approval. They could require something that we're not expecting or create a longer timeline. So if, if we don't run into big problems with that, you know, I think we could realistically open by 2027. You know, that's what we would hope for. But, you know, the city would have to really play ball with us. We'd have to get these approvals. We'd have to fend off the lawsuits early next year. And we'd have to really get going on all these different things, which we really want to do, but we can't do unless you have a binding agreement. You know, I talk about it all the time, whether it's on this show or the A's Clubhouse show, where I'm taking the phone calls from the fans, and I feel like it falls on, on, on deaf ears. But I kind of got backed up today by MLB Network, where I talk all the time, like, folks, the NBA left. The NFL left. Like, people should be up in arms. You can't lose Major League Baseball now. And I don't hear that many champions out there. And yet here on MLB Network today, they're saying the same thing. Like, what is Oakland thinking? And, of course, they don't mention Alameda County. But what are we thinking by losing the NBA and the NFL and potentially losing Major League Baseball? This is nuts. Why does everybody else outside of our market think it's nuts? But here you just don't have enough people who are just disgusted by even the thought of it. Well, we need to rally that support because I think you're right. People look at it in other communities and they say, this is incredible. How could you lose three teams in, you know, three or four years? And, you know, it's on the cusp of happening. You know, we, we're the only team that's really fought to stay, you know, over the last five years, invested hundreds of millions of dollars and time and effort and all the approvals and hoops we've jumped through and, and we're as close as we've ever been. But we need, and I think some of it is fatigue because it's been going on so long, 25 years. People are just kind of like resigned that it's never going to happen. But it actually could happen, Tony. Like it could happen. Like we could get this thing approved between now and the end of the year. Now it's not set in stone. We don't have a vote. It's definitely not getting approved. But, you know, we're as close as we ever were. If people could actually just say, hey, this is the moment to lean in. This would be the moment. How can people influence the city council at this point? Well, one, if you're an Oakland resident, you have to contact your city council member and stress that we need a real binding vote. And it's an election year, so they really pay attention <laughs> if they get in there. Like, it kind of matters. So I think we need to do what we can to, you know, put that political pressure. Our union partners have been an incredible ally. You know, we've done a tremendous amount social media. We've had billboard signs. We've done a lot of things in Oakland. And then keep in mind, we also can actually put pressure on the supervisors at the county level. If you live in Alameda County, there are supervisors that are going to have a stay, too, because they have a vote. So people can contribute in a lot of different fashions to making this happen. And I know it's been a really long fight, and it seems like, is it even going to happen? 
But like, I'm trying to really stress, and you're doing a great job with this too, Tony. We are very close. And the, the actions we all take at this moment will determine if, it, if we stay in Oakland or not. So if this, is, this is like a football game. It's fourth quarter. It's the end of the game. You're in the red zone. How close are you to the goal line punching it into the end zone? You know, I think we're in the red zone, but we're not actually like first and goal. You know, it's like we're, we're close enough. We could score a touchdown from here, but we're not. We can't just like run it one yard in. Um, so we're very close. And it and it's like somebody asked me the other day to mix another metaphor with baseball. Like, what base are we on in this thing? And it's like, <laughs> look, we're in scoring position. Runners are in scoring position. So if we just get an RBI hitter up, we're going to make this thing happen. And so it's on the cusp, but by the same token, it could go awry. Like, it's not guaranteed. Ducks are on the pond, as they like to say. Yes, I tweeted that out yesterday right before the vote. Yeah. So when, when you have – are you able to talk to city council members individually? And, and what's yeah, their here. reaction? You know, we, we talked to them. We talked to the mayor. We talked to the staff. I mean, I had several calls with the mayor today. There's negotiations happening every day. And, you know, we have the city negotiating team as well. We have our internal team. Like, there is a tremendous amount of work being done. And we're very close on a development agreement. But I'm more worried about not scheduling the vote in time. I think the process could trip us up here in an election year. And especially if it gets scheduled in the lame duck session, that really scares me. Because once the election occurs... If then we take a vote three weeks later around Thanksgiving, it'll be like, well, shouldn't we have the new council vote on this? You already hear it. I'm telling you right now, that is going to happen. So we can't let ourselves fall into that trap. We need a vote in September or October. And that is really the course that I think we need to pursue. And I have the people who call the postgame show all the time and say to me, well, it was supposed to be all rooted about Oakland. I said, it was, but if you stayed there, they would keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. And that's why the organization has to have leverage and the organization has to have talks with somebody else in Las Vegas. If you just said rooted in Oakland and didn't, and didn't have leverage, who knows if a vote would ever even happen, right? Well, we tried that and we couldn't get a single binding vote. Like that was, that was attempted and a lot of time and effort went into that. And I think MLB as well as us felt that like one, we were running out of time too. you know, like remember like our current facility is not so great. You know, it's like 10 years past its useful life. You know, I, we got the vote yesterday and then I went out after I did all my media and I went outside and I go through the arena and boom, guess what I saw? A bunch of feral cats just hanging out. And so, like, the the place obviously has a lot of charm. People have a lot of great memories there. But we need a new home. And we have to get this done really immediately. And then, as you're going to say, there's a parallel project. What's going on with Las Vegas? Oh, we're making great progress there, too. We're down to a handful of sites in the resort corridor. We have weekly meetings, like, 9 to 7 on Tuesdays going through the design Uh, We're looking at different options for retractable domes that are pretty awesome. And the locations are really iconic. So there is a plan there that can work for the A's or for Major League Baseball. And it has its own momentum and speed to it. And if Oakland can't, on its path, make the progress, you know, at some point we're going to have to have a place to play, Tony. And so 
that's just the stark reality of this. And, you know, I know it's hard for our fans to deal with the roller coaster that this is, but we have to bring this to a resolution. It's gone on just 25 years. It's been going on. And there's a lot of people waiting on it because I've been doing some TV with Dave Stewart. So we sit around for three hours watching the game and I've talked to him so much about all the great work that they've done in Nashville. And it's, it's a lot of what you've been doing here in Oakland. And Dave Stewart and his group, they're, sit, they're ready to rock. They're sitting there waiting. And the commissioner's waiting on Oakland and Tampa. And once he can get Oakland and Tampa done, then he can announce Nashville and whatever. Because we know they want to expand to 32 teams. So this is, this is, this is Oakland and this is other places. Everybody's like, let's go, right? Everybody in baseball it, wants to start making some announcements. It's a domino effect. And I think it's important for the league to continue to grow. I saw that when I was in Major League Soccer, adding the new franchises and the new markets created a storyline. It was interesting. It created new fans and new brands and excitement. And so that that's needed. And that attracts younger people, too, to the sport. And so these are all really important strategic objectives at the Major League level that I know the commissioner and his staff are advocating. And so... Yes, people are waiting. It's time for a decision. The time is now for a vote. You know, I think that, you know, in business, you know, you want to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say you've done everything you possibly could do. And we talk about this all the time on the show. You look at the other executives from the other franchises that were here and uh, the work that they may have done, may not have done, led their franchises out of town. I think there is no question that every single night you can look yourself in the mirror knowing you, you're doing everything you can to try and make this happen in Oakland. We, we, we are pushing as hard as we can. Financially, we're spending millions of dollars a month. We have an incredible team of people stood up to make this happen. You know, I'm working, you know, as every waking hour to try to make this happen. And I know it's frustrating for our fans because it hasn't occurred yet. And it just seems like it's taking forever, but we are actually as close as we've ever been. And if we can actually get this thing scheduled before Libby leaves office, we might have a shot of of pulling everything off, which would just be, it would be incredible. I mean, the waterfront vision, the stadium, the ballpark village, Jack London Square, the rooftop park. I mean, this thing is, it's iconic building. Amazing. Well, no matter what, failure is not an option. Plan A. You're the ace. We only have plan A. (laughs) You're the best, Dave. Congratulations on the vote yesterday, and we're going to be paying close attention to what's coming up because uh, you could say, right, that this is the most important year in the history of the Oakland Athletics. There's been no more consequential moment, and so it's all kind of on the line right now. And, uh, you know, we we got through a critical hurdle yesterday, but we have the next one is the tallest solar climb. Be well, and we'll talk soon. Happy Fourth. That's your president, Dave Cavill. You can't say it enough. This is, I know the baseball aspect, and we're, you know, like I said yesterday, we're, we're baseball guys. We're not politicians. I don't know about ports. I don't know about land deals. I don't, I don't know. That's not, if that was my, if that's the business I was in, I would know it. But I'm not in that business, so above my pay grade. But however you feel, and a lot of people who loved Dave Cavill when he first came in then kind of turned on him because all of a sudden you heard Vegas. 
if there was not Vegas, if there was not a leverage play, they wouldn't vote. I mean, how does anybody deny that? And I'll see people on Twitter going, oh, just say you're going to Vegas now. If they were just going to Vegas, they wouldn't go through all this. They wouldn't spend all the money. They wouldn't spend all the time. They just go the way the Raiders went. It's like, how do you not see this? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'll take my A's employee hat off. I'll take A's fan fanboy hat off. I'll take it all off just as a person who's done business. Why, if my whole intent at this point was to get the hell out of here, why would I go through all of this? Why would I continue to spend the money? Why would I, con- why would I continue to spend the time? That's another question nobody has the answer for. But I'll see. You'll see it on Twitter. You'll see, like, even after this vote, oh, there's going to Vegas, there's going to Vegas. Why would they spend the time if that was the case? If that was just a slam dunk deal and they were going, wouldn't they have just done what the Raiders did where the Raiders said, we're not talking to Oakland anymore. The Raider, what did the Warriors do? Eh, we're not talking to you anymore. Heisman Trophy pose. That's what the Heisman was. If you take the Heisman Trophy, that's what the Warriors did from Mayor Kwan. When was Mayor Kwan last in office? Uh, let me look. I don't even think she, was she in office when I lived here. Let me see. Because I've been yes, here. She I, was she was there. Uh Gene Kwan was in uh from two thousand eleven to two thousand fifteen. Okay. As of two thousand fifteen, remember that time at Roracle? Mayor Kwan sat with uh, Joe Lacob at the game. And all the pro Oaken people were like, see, they're talking, they're talking. And they were never talking. The Warriors stiffed Oakland back in 2014-15, gave you the Heisman. Raiders, once the Vegas became an option, Raiders were like, see ya, we're not dealing with this crap. But yet, you still have the people who believe that it's a done deal that the A's are leaving. You're like, why would they get, why would you waste the time? I don't care what bit. Take take who I am off the table. Take that we're not even talking about the A's. Let's just say business B. This is business B right here. Why would business B spend all the time and money still doing this if there was a foregone conclusion they were leaving? When Tesla was leaving the Bay Area, were they still doing a bunch of stuff, figuring out how to stay in the Bay Area when they were leaving? Uh, I don't think so, no. Where'd they move to anyway? Austin? Yeah. Like, if you're moving your business, if I'm saying I'm relocating my employees, I'm relocating business offices, everything, why would I still spend money and time in the area that I'm at? Makes no business sense. But yet, why would I think anything in Twitter, especially around the A's, would make sense? Uh, 
it's a great point because not a lot of stuff around the A's and Twitter makes sense. Well, nothing on Twitter really makes sense. Let's I keep real. asking the question. Explain to me how the naysayers and all the people, ah, it's a foregone conclusion, ah, just lead. How does Oakland win losing all three professional sports teams? How, like, like what, what's the prize? Hey, you lost the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. You won. You won. As a person that's a taxpayer, as a person that lives in Oakland, you live in the cities around, you live in the county, what what benefit did you all just win by losing everything? I still haven't heard that answer. And I've opened up the phone lines at 833-625-2278. Give me the – I got a lot of naysayers that will say why the pro- project – Everybody, there's always going to be people that are against a project. Okay, you can say why you're against this project, but if that leads to the A's going out of town, how did the city of Oakland, how did the county, how did they win? How did they get better? How's their progress in life? And I know the answer. You know the answer because we're already living the answer. Nothing will change. What's changed since the Warriors left? What's changed since the Raiders left? Nothing. The A's leave. You think stuff will change? Yeah, probably the change will be they'll tear down the Coliseum. I don't know if they'll tear down the arena. They'll build some low-income housing. That's a lot of talk with politicians these days. They want more low-income housing. Housing's a problem. Totally understand. But will Howard Terminal change? That goes back to the port in 2025 if you don't build. Jack London have like a big renaissance to it? I mean, 10 years from now, what will be different? How will the city and the county haven't gotten better? What what community, what, what, what part of community have you gotten better? Are you all going to get a check? Is there something coming in the mail saying, hey, the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, baseball left. Here's more money for you, the taxpayer. Is that coming? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it, too. And why is everybody else so – Well, I want to pick my words. Why is so – why is so many other people – I don't want to say the words upset. I don't want to say distraught. But there's a lot of other people who just go, I can't believe this is happening. There are so many people that live outside this area that go, wait a minute, you've lost the NBA. You've lost the NFL. Who in Oakland is saying this? All right? I don't want to hear about Casey Pratt. Casey Pratt, love him to death. Channel 7, great job covering this. Casey doesn't live in Oakland. Casey's not from Oakland. Now, that really doesn't matter. You don't have to be from the exact city. A lot of people grow up around cities, huge fans. Not everybody grows up in the Bronx and is a Yankees fan. Brody Brazil, who we had on yesterday, doing a great job covering it. 
Brody doesn't live in Oakland. Who in Oakland? Is there a writer I don't know of? I mean, it's hard now to follow it because the Oakland Tribune's gone. Journalism has changed. But who is somebody that is standing up that's not on my radar that is standing up and and, and just going nuts over and is should be distraught? The fact that you could be losing your third professional sports franchise. And what scares me is do the A's care do the A's care more than the city does? And that's why I get back to the whole point. What's changed since the NBA and NFL left? From what I've seen, nothing. Does the city even care? Like the city, would they like would like would a lot of people in the city like the Howard Terminal area to be nice and cool and have a ballpark and have all the stuff that goes with it? Jack London have the entire wharf just redone and my God, look what happened in San Francisco. Look how San Francisco changed. Would people like that? Yeah. But if different but if the A's just left, how many would care? Do the A's care more than the city? And the people actually in the city? And do the people that live outside the city care more than the people in the city? How much does Oakland care? Put that up for a poll. Put that do that in some political polling. I don't know, because you've watched the other two walk out without a without a fight at all. There was no fight whatsoever. So whether you want to talk about politicians, you want to talk people that live in the city, there literally was no fight. Warriors leaving, and there was even that, well, they left, but they're just right across the bay. No, they left Oakland. The jobs, taxes, they tried to stiff you with the bill, too. If the if the A's get, if the A's do leave, what I mean does Oakland just go? Oh. You would hope not. You would hope that they would try to fight to keep them to stay here. But I mean, you've already illustrated it enough that they lost the NFL and the NBA. I mean, what do the what if the Warriors like are, that? What if, like that? It happened. It happened like that. I worked. I worked multiple last game, Raider games. Remember, it was going <laughs> to happen. Ah, going to be one more year. So I twice had to do the, this is the last game at the Coliseum. I did it twice. Guess what? Game ended. There were some people who threw stuff on the field. There were some people who booed. People walked out of the stadium. And after that, nothing's changed. What's changed? There wasn't demonstrations. There wasn't people freaking out. There wasn't protests. There was nothing. And if there was, it was all so small it wasn't on anybody's radar. So that's what scares me, and that's what, I mean, look what Dave's saying to you. Dave is saying, man, they keep pushing this vote out, and then they potentially could push it to, ah, to the next city council. It's what I told you all for years on my talk show. It's the boulder in the middle of the road and you bring in people, the new politicians, the new commissioners, the new blah, 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 whoever all these people are, and they barely push the boulder, and then they leave, and here comes the new crop. 
I was told this years ago by somebody very, very smart who'll say none of it will get done. Watch. And he gave me that. The new crew, the new crop always comes in. They'll say the right stuff. Then they leave. Then the new crew comes on. And this is what Dave's saying. Dave's saying we got election, could have some new council members coming in. And if you try and push this back past Thanksgiving into next year, they're telling you this is not important. It's not important for the city. And then Major League Baseball and the A's will have to make decisions. So we're at the point of put up or shut up. And so many of you, so many of you have given Oakland a pass. It's everybody else's fault. Right? It's everybody. Oh, it's Joe Lacobs. Oh, it's Mark Davis. It's always somebody else's fault. Now it's going to be John Fisher. It's always going to be somebody else's fault. Okay. And then I go back to that question no one can answer. What do you win? What do you win by not having football, basketball, and baseball in your town, in your community? Do you know the answer? I don't, but you know, I just know that. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to absorb all this because, you know, for me, growing up in Pittsburgh, I mean, we had three professional sports teams, and it, the only team that can ever, you imagine the Steelers just walking up and leaving town? Only one of them ever threatened to leave, and that was the Penguins. Can then, you imagine the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, saying, "Ah, eh, we're switching to another state." No, like the Browns. The Cleveland Browns left Cleveland. God, I could have brought this up with Dave Cavill. He's a Browns fan. He grew up Cleveland. He knows exactly what people lost their minds. They remember the Mayflower, the Mayflower trucks, the moving trucks who left in the middle of the night out of Cleveland to Indianapolis. People in Cleveland lost their minds. They got the Browns back. And you go, hey, the Raiders came back. Yeah, and then left again. You've lost them twice. No one, has anyone left, lost an NFL team twice? Sorry, I'm, I'm so, wasn't it Baltimore that they left from to go to Indianapolis? Art Modell? Correct. That was the Colts. Where, oh, the Browns the went Browns. to, um, they, I'm, I'm trying to remember where they went. They did. They did leave. They went. They went to Baltimore. You're right. And it then was, the Browns came back three years later, '99. It was in Baltimore. Was the Mayflower trucks? Baltimore to Indianapolis. Yeah, Art Modell. And they lost their minds. Yeah. So there's another city. I got to confuse. Another city. So in Cleveland, they lost their minds. Baltimore, they lost their minds. Because I can see people now. Well, this is the West Coast. Baltimore's the East Coast. So this is not like, ah, it's a Midwest thing. No, this is Baltimore. Baltimore is East Coast. You ever been to Baltimore? Uh, I've been through it. Everybody's lost their mind to lose their teams. They lose their freaking mind, except Los Angeles and Oakland. What I was getting at was. The- By the way, San Francisco, you on the phone? Niners just went down to Santa Clara like it was nothing. That's true. Who was freaking out? Like, maybe you need to ask, how bad does the Bay Area want sports? Uh, it's a good question to ask because, I mean, I have, we have old coworkers that say, I will never go to Levi Stadium. The 49ers should have never left. They weren't even playing in San Francisco. They are playing in Brisbane. 
So that's not. No, they were in. Not, I know before Keys are, but I'm saying. No, Candlestick Park's in. I thought that was Brisbane. It's South San Francisco. Different city. No, it's South San, South San Francisco. Okay, well, then it's I'll San Fran. Their address, that address, even though their training facility, like a lot of teams, are out of town, was in Santa Clara. But no, Candlestick Park. Yeah, I think, but was I like, San Francisco. But yeah, but they went right down the Levi's then. Then now Clara. they they used to train. Uh, on the peninsula back in the, you know, Montana those days. Were they in Rockland? Rockland was training camp. Oh, tra- yeah, training camp was Rockland. I'm go to old Candlestick. I haven't done this in a while. Candlestick Park, the worst place. I swear I thought that was Brisbane. Brisbane? It was 500 Hunters Point uh, Park, San Francisco, California. Maybe it was the Brisbane Caltrain station you got off on then. You know, when you have somebody from Pittsburgh talking Bay Area sports, you're bringing down our credibility. Well, this is more geography than anything. Yeah, well, you're not you're not doing us any favor. Oh, yeah. so it's this area, right? So it's right before Candlestick. Yeah, it's still in San Francisco. Yeah. But anyway, Niners left. Nobody – I mean, people said they cared. I, I don't remember – the city of San Francisco freaking out. Maybe, just maybe. What was it like when the giant? Well, you, well, you were you were in college, but what what were the people like? What were the fans? How were the people reacting when they thought the Giants could be leaving for Tampa Bay? There was a freak out. Peter McGowan had to save that. There were two votes for the Giants to be in San Jose when I was in college at San Jose State. Yeah, I if you look at the town. Of San Francisco and the town of Oakland, and you really say, compare them to other sports towns and other cities? I mean, California's pretty weak. The NFL has left L.A. The NFL has left – NFL football's left L.A. Multiple, quite a bit. Multiple times. Right? The Chargers first left L.A. to San Diego. Then they left San Diego back to L.A. They had the Rams go to St. Louis back to L.A., yeah, the Raiders go to L.A., back to Oakland. I mean, they've lost. I mean, you just you start to wonder, right? You start to wonder why other towns you go and you've got arena for basketball and hockey. you got a football stadium. you got baseball stadium. you got that. First one, I think it was Philadelphia. Philadelphia, it's all right there. Yeah. Then they have the, the bar Philadelphia Live, which is really cool. Yeah, the Sixers and... I've taken a picture next to the Steve Carlton statue and Mike Schmidt statue in Philadelphia. The, just like, So what I, real quick, what I was getting at with, the, with Pittsburgh, the Penguins threatened to leave to go to Kansas City. It took Mario Lemieux buying the team to save yeah. the team to stay in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then baseball wanted to contract the Pirates because they were terrible for 20 straight years. But still, like, then again, I don't know. People there might have been up in arms because it's Pittsburgh and it's Midwest and... East Coast, whatever. they People love sports there. I don't know. I feel like it's, there's so much more to do out here. So the dynamic with sports isn't as what it is in New York or Boston or Philadelphia. I don't – people can say that. I don't know. How do I know what's inside every single person that lives in Alameda County? I don't know what's inside you. I don't know what your wants and your needs are. I know the people listening to this want baseball. You wouldn't be here listening to this. Right. But I think the people listening to this need to understand 
what this price process is and what's at stake. You got to kind of police your own. I mean, I can go to Dave Cavill's tweet from yesterday and just go to it and click on it and read down. I can, I, I haven't, but I can tell you how it would go. I've added a bunch, bunch of haters, and you're like, do you want the team? Because clearly you don't give an S-bomb that the Warriors and the Raiders left. Do you want this team? What is it? I mean, that's where we're at. Where are you at? The, is this? How many, how many, you know, how many people are actually going to do what Dave said? Go to the city council members. Go to the county supervisors and hound them. How many of you are going to do that? I can't. They're not going to listen to us. How, how are you? What are you going to do about it? And if you don't do anything about it and you lose your team, it's going to be like, what What are you complaining about? You know what's at stake. You know. You know exactly what we now know what's at stake. What needs to be done to make this thing happen? If you as individuals do not help, don't be shocked if it's a bad income for about a, a bad outcome for you, not income outcome. Right. Yes. So I was like, Casey Pratt texted me and said, keep, keep your, keep his name out your mouth. Did he say that? Yeah. You don't live in Oakland, Casey. You don't, <laughs> but you are doing a fantastic job, but it's true. Where are the, where, where's the outcry from people in Oakland? Where is it? A lot of the outcry I've heard is people don't – a lot of the people I know that are fans of the team don't even live in Oakland. No. I remember Save Oakland Sports. More than two-thirds of the people that were a part of it don't live in Oakland. I hate to be negative. I want to actually talk baseball today. But it's like this is a big deal. I mean, if Oakland – Oakland's got to want it. They got to want it. Right? Yes. We can't want it for them. They have to want it. The people you elect. How many times do we have to hear now? Because you're such a political honk. Yeah. yeah. Elections have consequences. Don't we hear that all the time? Democrats say it. Republicans say it. Elections have consequences. Yeah, I guess they do. These are the people you voted for. I didn't vote for them. I don't live in Oakland. Did you vote for them? No, we voted for our candidates in Santa Clara County. We can't help you. These are who you voted for. The people you voted for let the NBA and the NFL just walk out of town. Oh, the Raiders doesn't matter. And by the way, there's every excuse about the Raiders I've heard. No one took more phone calls on 95-7 the game about the Raiders and the Raiders moving than this guy. I was the only one allowed. allowed. True, yeah. (laughs) I was the last Raiders show. I was the last of the Mohicans. They left, and my NFL career died. Bye-bye. I hate to bring it up, but the the Warriors left and built an arena. What did they just do recently? The what? The Warriors just left. Yeah. Build a new arena. What have they done recently? What did they do a few weeks ago? They signed Kevon Looney. Well, that was today. But they lost GP2 and Otto Porter Jr. and B. Lisa. GP2 can't stay healthy. 
And who? And uh, Belitsa. Oh, Juan Toscano Anderson, pride of uh, the East Bay. It's gone. They won a championship. Ah. Oh. It's not Draymond's fault. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Wouldn't that have been nice to have another championship in Oakland? Because what, what happened the last game at Oracle? They lost the NBA Finals to Toronto. Sorry to bring it up, but that's what happened. I know Stephen what, what, Clay and, and Kevin Durant got hurt, but. Wouldn't that have been nice to win another championship in Oakland? Yeah. Would have been yours. Um, Raiders just hosted the draft. Kind yeah. of a big deal in the NFL now. They were just in the playoffs, too. I mean, Not back, at home, but. I mean, back in the day, the draft was at Madison Square Garden. Or was it the music, radio music city hall? Or I don't know, I, I'm talking like years ago. I thought oh, it was Oh, Madison yeah, Square they, they did the radio hall or whatever, too, uh, later on. Like, Wherever. Then now it's a, tra- now it's it's a, a traveling show. Yeah. And it brings in hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for you taxpayers to your community. It brings in business. It, it, it's a trickle-down effect. People are staying at hotels. People are going to restaurants. They're going to bars. They're putting money into your businesses. Nope, they're gone. You know what's coming? Which would have never, I don't want to say never, because I want to be keep an open mind if it would have happened, but as Jim Harbaugh would say, hypotheticals. Raiders are hosting the Super Bowl. That's the biggest event in the United States of America, the most powerful country in the world. The Super Bowl. Not sporting event. Not just entertainment event. It's the number one event in the United States of America, which is covered around the world. There's nothing bigger in this country than the Super Bowl. Is there anything bigger worldwide? I wouldn't know. I don't travel a lot. But, if but I, I mean, a, people would say World Cup, but it's not every year. Yeah. That, that's Can't a, say Olympics, not every year. I was thinking World Cup or, you know. Uh, this is every year. There will be X amount of part And X more people. How sad is this? More people watch the Super Bowl than vote for the President of the United States. By a lot. Even though the last election had a lot of voters, but normally blows it away. The other thing I was thinking too: a make- good percentage of all human beings in the United States of America will, at some point, a good percentage will somehow see something about the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, it could be it could be that commercials, it could be anything. Well, it's just well, halftime show. It's on in every restaurant. It's on in every bar. Anybody, any business that has a television has it on. It, it is the. And by the way, Raiders are hosting that. But you tell me how Oakland won by not having the NBA where the finals would have been and not having the NFL. Tell me how you won. Tell me how your businesses won, your taxpayers won. Tell me how you won. Alameda County, tell me how you won. Tell me how you win with the ML, with MLB leaving. Tell me. What's the prize? What's the big prize? I haven't heard of it yet. I'm still waiting to hear what that prize is. I mean, all this basically shows you how insignificant this season is. These decisions set up this franchise for the rest of our lifetimes. After I'm dead, I don't know and I don't care. Unless you're naming something after me. 
You think it's going to be the new ballpark if it happens? Chris Townsend way? Uh, no, I don't think I'll get that. Keep it coming. The corner of Ray Fossey Boulevard? Yeah, I don't think I'm getting that. Uh, well, there won't be a statue. Maybe we can name the Ace Cast booth after you. Are we getting a booth? That's for, if, if this if this we find out new ballparks happening first thing we email, we both oh. email Dave Cavill. I don't care what the field looks like. First request. I don't care. Don't I don't, gondola parking? I don't care. I don't care how the wind blows. I don't care about the clubhouses. I don't care about the suites. Just the first question. What's the A's cast? What, what, where are we? Where's our booth? Yeah. And don't put us in a bunker like KMBR is. No, a, no, or, that bunker. KMBR's <laughs> bunker at, 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 what do they call it now? Oracle Park. SBC Global. What's their name now? Pac Bell. Um, it's a dump. I broadcasted from there because I was, yes, open that stadium. You know, I was, I was the first broadcaster to, to broadcast out of that stadium on opening day. I think I've heard you tell that story. Yeah. No, I don't want a bunker. I want stu. I want studio that's TV slash radio slash streaming. I want it. I want it to Who's be. Who's the press box going to be named after? Good question. I mean, you got a handful of candidates. Yeah. I mean, Monty Moore is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Bill King's a pretty big deal. Well, it's Bill King has a broadcast booth. Yeah, but that's at – things change when you go from ballpark to ballpark. Could be the Ray Fossey TV, TV booth. All right. What about the radio? Could it be the Bill King press box? Well, he's a broadcaster, so they don't normally name the press box after yeah. broadcasters, right? Yeah, no. So it would have to be – Because I was saying it could be the Bill King press box and the Ken Korak. <laughs> Well, play-by-play play booth. It could be the Ray Fossey press box. Ray did do – didn't Ray do PR for a while? Yeah. I like the Ray Fossey TV booth. I like the Ray Fossey press box. How do you get Monty Moore in there? How do you get uh, Bill King in there? And let's face it, if we're talking 2027, I mean, Ken Korak will hopefully – Ken Korak will be doing games, but he won't be doing – it'll be time to name something after Korak. Ken I'm going to be good. I'm hopefully going to be almost retired by 2027. I mean, that's five years from now. Yeah. I, do you think I'm going to be that guy? I don't know. I won't even be 40 in five years. You keep pushing this thing out. You're not getting into my retirement. Trying to think of what else we can. So how, how would it be? Would it be TV, radio, Ace Cast? Well, 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 or, there, or, do well, you, or do we go in the middle of both? Will there be terrestrial radio in 2027, 2028? What will radio what will radio even look like? Uh, the way we're trending it might it might not be. If you guys don't know it, AM radio is based they're making cars without AM radio. And FM radio is not doing so hot. In 5 years what's radio going to be? How many teams won't even be on radio in 5 years? I mean there's a bunch of I mean, I, I don't think a lot of our fans know this. There's a bunch of hockey teams that don't have radio stations anymore. They're doing what we do. They just go, I don't need a radio station. I, I know the Sharks do it. Yeah, Sharks got rid of 98.5. They said, bye-bye. Don't need to deal with you anymore. I'm only gonna say, I only know that because I helped them get it on the air. But I also know that the Ducks are going to start streaming because our old coworker runs the Ducks broadcast. Uh, the LA Kings are streaming, I believe. The Capitals stream. 
Now, the Penguins don't, Pittsburgh, but they might eventually, but hockey's big there. So, But hockey's starting to do it more because they know the, that's what the future is. And baseball is, we're doing it. You know, I've, I've talked to a few teams in the past couple of years that have wanted to do it, but no one else has done it but us. So, Well, you mentioned uh, in, our, in, in the playbook here today that Rob Manfred, the commish, talked while being in New York. It was over at the Mets game, and the title was brutal. Did you end up reading the whole thing? For as much as I could, I went for the the main stuff. Yeah, because they, they tried to do this long, and it, they, the title was basically, the commissioner doesn't hate baseball, and he, he wants, wants to save, save it. it. Yeah, yes. it's ridiculous. But baseball fans are the oldest median age at 57. Yeah, that's... <laughs> up from 52 a generation ago. So that's why... We need to get everything onto here because that's where you, you younger people who are watching this, this is where you live. I, for God's sakes, today I had a conversation with the great Steve Vucinich. You over, ever heard of him? Over video or is it a? No, we actually talked on the on cell phones. Oh, so if he did over video, then you guys, Vuce has moved into a whole new world. So uh, he's been listening to Ace Cast. While he's been working out and rehabbing from the heart attack. And he loves it. Now, Voos wasn't listening to A's cast when he worked for the A's, right? We have employees that don't even know. But at some point, we're going to force everybody. Like, this is where you're, you're going to get everything. Remember, we started just audio. Now we're doing video. This is the future. That, that's just why Apple TV is paying so much to have baseball games and Peacock. And YouTube. At some point, you're going to be watching all A's games. Let's just call it YouTube. We all have our own YouTube channels. Every team has it. And you can. And YouTube's free. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work. Obviously, Google owns YouTube. Google could go, where's the checkbook? How much do you guys need? Yeah. It's just true. How much do you guys need? Google's not worried about the, worried about the money. Is there? What if Amazon got it? What if Amazon went to baseball and said, okay, we want to air every – we want to air all the games. And Manfred went, well, how many games and which teams? And Amazon goes, um, how many teams you got? You got 30? Okay. Uh, we want to air every one of them. Okay, good. I'm glad you saved that there. I thought you were going to go, well, we want to air Well, we can't. Yankees are on yes. Oh, no, no. We're going to buy that contract out. Wow. We're Amazon. Great. More Yankees coverage. We, we, we're Amazon. We make more every day than you can even dream of. We can write you any check. I'm Amazon. I can write you any check. Here you go, Major League Baseball. And that's also in this check. This counts the all-star game, the playoffs, and everything, right? Do you understand how much these companies have? Look how we're voting for the all-star games now. Where do you do that? Yeah. Stop telling me, oh, but TBS and TNT and Fox. and Amazon, Google could come in and go how much you want. And you could wait out. They could wait out. They got no – I mean, they're delivering packages. They got all the time in the world. I just ordered some stuff that's coming tomorrow. Amazon is so huge. I have buddies that work for Amazon. Amazon couldn't keep up with the amount of people ordering stuff online during COVID because they weren't built for that much. That's how money they. That's how much money they made during COVID. They had trouble keeping up because – their, their, their platform, who they are, their business plan was not 
to have that many people ordering online. That's how much money they've made. Yeah. They've been doing pretty well, quite well since then. They they like they like we're, we we never knew this many people would we we never saw in our dreams that they would order this much product. We can't keep up. That's how much money Amazon's got. Remember, remember all those years. Bill Gates is the richest man in the world. Remember that. Then it was Warren Buffett after him. Buffett was always below him. They would sneak up. Yeah, Bezos just. Whew, Went by him. Then Elon Musk went by him. Are, are people responding to any of this? Oh, we're getting some good comments. People are telling you to preach, and there, you know, few listeners. I'm all into stream. I'm all into the streaming format. Yeah, love it. Eventually, we will talk about what the significance of today is. Uh, it's Elvis has hit 364 for six games. I'm. I mean, that's. I'm glad to see Elvis is hitting well. Ramon Laureano is hitting 275, four dingers, 12 RBIs in the last 31 games, and had his fourth two-run home run game. A's have scored 29 runs in the last six games. So you sit here and preach they don't have offense. That's 29 runs in six games. They out hit the Yankees. Your Yankees. Do I need? Well, if we're gonna go with the positive, how would I bring in that? There's a they have a six point seven five starters ERA over the last over the four game losing streak. I can't win. I try and go positive, <laughs> and he just sucks me back into the depths of the last place record. But how? Would, by the way, let me before we get to Ryan before Ryan Roland Why? Smith joins us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How would you How would you like to know every morning you woke up on July 1st and you had about $1.2 million in your bank? Oh, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah, we, we can save it, but that's that's a big day. There's actually two other guys who are getting paid on this day, too. One's baseball, one's outside of baseball. Okay. I look back at this deal, and I think it's the dumbest deal you you could have ever done. But there's some people who know the finances of sports teams better than we do, and they might say, in the end, no, it was a pretty good deal. I don't know who to ask. Well, I always want to say I want to next, – next year we should book Steve Phillips, but I figured he probably gets asked about this so much. So basically, they owed Bobby Bonilla five point nine million. Correct. And they pushed it back, and didn't have to pay him all that money by saying we will give you thirty million dollars for twenty five years. Yeah. So in our minds, as non accountants, and there's so much that goes into this, you rather give someone thirty million dollars over twenty five years than give them five point nine. Straight up. Yes, that's what he did. I don't know how that could be. I, I, I can't put my head around the Wilpon family saying, well, it's over time. It's still $30 million. Maybe they just didn't have, have any money. But how you couldn't talk them into $10 million more? 15 You had to give them 30 more? I'll give the back the back the background on this so everyone knows. 
So Bobby Bonilla every day on July 1st until 2035, but it started in 2011, gets $1.19 million from the Mets. But in 2000, the Mets agreed to buy out the remaining $5.9 million on Bonilla's contract. But instead of doing that, instead of paying him the 5.9, like Townie mentioned, the Mets agreed to make annual payments of nearly $1.2 million for 25 years starting on July 1st, 2011. And there was an 8% interest rate that was negotiated into that. And if you do the math, that's $30 million over 25 years, so 25 times 1.2. That's, so Bobby Bonilla is going to be out of the game. He's been out of the game since, like, the early 2000s, essentially. And he's getting all this money until 2035 when I'll be 46 years old. How old will he be? He's 58 or 59 now, so he'll be 70s, early 70s. It just it, – it, it – He's not the only one, though. Former Islanders goalie Rick DiPietro, also in New Who? York, is getting paid $1.5 million from the Islanders every day on July 1st until 2029. As a result of the contract he had, the Islanders agreed to pay him $24 million, $24 million over 16 years. And then Max Scherzer started his thing. Darren Ravel had it. Let me just pull it up. So Scherzer gets paid today. Starting today, Scherzer, this is from Darren Ravel. Uh, his, this is what the Ravel's tweet says. Bobby Bonilla isn't the happiest Mets player today. Max Scherzer is. Although he pitched five and a half seasons with the Nationals, his salary was deferred. Today, he gets wired his first of seven $15 million payments. The Mets are paying Scherzer an average of $43.3 million for three seasons. $15 million he's going to get every day, it looks like, on July 1st for seven years from the Nats. From the Nats? Yeah. You mean from the Mets? No, he's getting from the Nats. The Nats deferred his salary when he signed that deal. Oh, I wasn't even listening. When you said Bobby Bonilla Day, I thought this was his Mets stuff. Today he gets wired the first of seven. Seven $15 million payments. Oh, my God. Yeah. And wasn't he the guy that during the work stoppage was complaining? Uh, I believe so. Wasn't he the main Boris client that was down there complaining? Yeah, well, he's like the... Like Players are getting, you know, railroaded in this deal. Uh, Ryan's here, by the way. Uh, let's ask Ryan. Ryan, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me. All right, here's the scenario. I owe you $5.9 million. That's a lot of money, right? Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not going to pay you that money all up right now. I'm just going to pay you $30 million for the next 25 years of your life. Mm-hmm. That's the Bobby Bonilla deal. So every every year he's getting, what, 1.3 on this day. Who thought in the accounting department of the New York Mets that this was a good idea? I guess it was a little bit of that short-term thinking, obviously trying to manipulate the obviously manipulate the, the 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 payroll a little bit and you know sweeten the deal whatever it may be but hey listen I have it's interesting man like I've had a couple of guys a, a good friend of yours Grant Balfour who was with the the Oakland days when yeah. he signed his deal he had deferred money and I guess there's a little bit of a you know interest add-on that the the Oakland days would have to add on to that deal so he actually gets paid just a you know a little bit more if you add a little bit of interest but then I played with guys who no 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 I need all that money up front I need that money now like or or they they don't stagger it like another little um, you know 
tactic, I guess, is where you go, you know, say you sign a 40 mil, $40 million deal in four years, you take a couple mil the first year and it staggers up. You get more and more, it's backloaded. So when it's your free agent deal, you're like, well, last year I was making, you know, whatever it is, like $20 million, even though it was a 40, $40 million deal, if that makes sense. So a couple of little, little uh, you know, things. But I, I know you guys are talking about Max Scherzer. I, I know that he, uh, the, the Nationals are still paying him for yeah. a long time, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at those deals. I just think for Bobby Bonilla, I mean, how great is that, that in your life you just know on this date 1.3 is getting wired to you, and now Max Scherzer it, for the yeah. next seven years is getting $15 million every year on this date. And it just, when you hear this kind of stuff, and we go back and think about the lockout and how he missed the first part of the season, it's always like when you hear players complain that they're not getting enough, and then you get these stories and you just go, Oh, wow. I mean, it's really yeah. hard to fit. And remember, Max Scherzer was one of the biggest guys uh, who was a part of the negotiations, and now he's getting a check today for $15 million from a team he doesn't right. play for anymore. Mind-blowing. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you know, I haven't thought about the lockout a lot, obviously, because we've been getting a chance to play baseball. But going back to that time, you know, the, one of the biggest issues that they did not address was the – you know, they're talking about a salary floor or this tanking, yeah. you know, situation. They didn't even touch that. I think the, from the players' point of view, they wanted to, you know, essentially protect some of these younger players and, and everything else. But when you go from the outside looking in, look, I'm Australian, right? So I go back to Australia and, and I try and justify the lockout and why the players are upset, why the teams are upset. People are kind of scratching their head because yeah. professional athletes <laughs> have paid a fraction of that back in Australia. Like, really? Like, are we really? Are, are they really talking about de- delaying a season or not even having a season after you just had COVID? You just had a six, little 60-game season a couple of years ago. Your fans are just, like, checking out left, right, and center. So I think it, going back to that and looking back in hindsight, it's like, guys, seriously – but on the flip side, from a player's point of view, they just got absolutely, you know, crushed when it comes to front offices manipulating like crazy to have the ability to cut out the thirty-five-year-old-plus player to all of a sudden go, oh, you know, what's a good business strategy to wave the white flag for three to five years and rebuild? So you know, you look at a lot of those things. The whole thing, I haven't thought about lockout a lot until until I joined you guys, but it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the things in the review mirror. Still frustrated though that the 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 guys who are tanking, you know, for real, man, they, they, they had to fix that. By the way, you're welcome. We we brought you back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we no, no, we no, brought no, you back to the to, to to the lockout days. No, I agree with you. I was all in on that. Um, obviously, you've seen what our our. I mean, we'd be hypocrites if we didn't mention it. I mean, you look at what we're doing, but. I was all in for a floor, and I go, listen, I don't know what goes on in these meetings. I I understand everybody wants to have the freedom to make what Mike Trout makes, what Juan Soto is now going to make, Mookie Betts. I get all that, but the majority of you will never, ever, ever, ever see that. The majority of you won't even have careers that are three years long, and when you look at salary caps – when you look at salary caps in the other sports, football, basketball, and hockey, they have them. Why? Because it works. And a lot of players who aren't going to have longer careers would actually make more money 
for themselves if they were in a salary cap. And it's like the big-name agents and the big-name players, they're controlling everything. And I worry, Ryan, you think about the guys. You mentioned 35-plus. We're now acting guys like 33-32. We got Elvis Andrus. He's 33. People around here are acting like he's about to be in a wheelchair. I'm really worried at the about all the players in their 30s. How about you? Well, 100%. And you go back and – Okay, I understand I, from a uh, from a team's point of view. I understand the the value in having a twenty two year old, you know, flush roster of young twenty two year olds. I get that, but again, if you value winning and you go back from every team that's gotten all the way to win that World Series, look at some of the 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 X factors. Like in other words, a lot of these a lot of these teams they live off analytics, right? They live off guys who have never played the game. And all of a sudden on paper, this player, that player, whatever numbers, blah, blah, blah. So they all kind of have that. It's like, okay, that's the 60% part of building a good team and and a good year. What are those little X factors? And you go back from every year in the last five years, go and look at what was the difference. Those veteran players, I'm not trying to sound old school here, but some of those veteran (laughs) players, when it comes to, uh, experience when it comes to being in that moment before, when it comes to some of the human element, man, there is so much value in that. And I think that when, and again, this goes back to front offices that don't quite understand what it's like really to be in the trenches with guys, have that chemistry and that flow as, as the season goes on through 162 games. And so it worries me too. Yes. The game's getting younger. Is it getting better? I don't know. I, I love I love these guys, the, watching these guys who are you know a little bit older who can stay in shape. Obviously, you know Verlander's kind of proven that. Thirty nine years old, it takes a little extra to be at that level at that age. I get that, I understand that, but at the same time, and there is so much value in having some of those guys to f- fill your roster with different intangibles that you can't put down in analytics. Well, one guy who's done a great job this year, and I'm being told you did a podcast with him today, we like to call him Polly Winday, Polly Blackburn, the way he's turned around his career. Uh, promote the podcast because you know we love some Paul Blackburn. Let's get some of our fans listening to your podcast. Yeah, well, first of all, it, it, it is co-hosted, not this episode because he's out on a beach in Tampa, Florida, but Grant Balfour, Balfour, <laughs> yeah. he's my co-host. He is so good to listen to, and he's getting more and more comfortable diving into some stories. I had Dallas Braden a couple of weeks ago talking about, you know, talking about you guys, the situation out in Oakland. He had such a good perspective from a kid who grew up in the Bay Area, you know, obviously in Stockton. And so it's really interesting because I do dive into everything that happened with the Oakland days. But again, Grant Balfour is co-hosting. But today I got a chance to sit down with Paul Blackburn. Wow, what an amazing, amazing story. I asked him, I said, do you frame this as like, a comeback or as a breakout year? And he didn't quite, he's like, man, that's a good question. I don't yeah, know. Because is. He, he talked about how he kind of got pushed to the side last year and all the things he went through mentally and everything else. And man, you look at him this year. I, I said to him, I said, dude, you need to be getting national recognition, which is hard when you're a West Coast team, as I know being with the Mariners and you guys know with the Oakland days, the numbers he's putting up this year are insane. But he dived into it. It was so good talking about a bunch of different stuff and and everything else. So uh, it's called the Top Step Podcast, basically the top step of the dugout. You go to thetopstep.com, you can check it out. A bunch of different episodes from Max Scherzer, who we were just talking about, Liam Hendricks, uh, an 
athletic and, and uh, Dallas Braden. I'm just trying to throw some some Oakland days at you. Uh, Paul Blackburn coming up and and everyone in between. Mitch Hanniger as well. So bunch of bunch of different players on there jumping on. Yeah, Mitch Hanniger also a Bay Area guy too from uh, the South yes. Bay. So uh, definitely. And by the way, I'm going to steal that question from you next time we have Paul Blackburn on. I'm going to I'm going to act like I didn't hear this. I'm going to go, hey, I got a question. I'm stealing. I think that's great because what is this? Is this like a coming out party or is this like, hey, you should be up for comeback player of the year? Yeah, it's it's a tough one because you know, I had Daniel Bard on the show and he, he was a National League comeback player of the year. And that's obviously seven years he was out of the game, had the yips and the whole thing. But, but you know, Paul has kind of had that 26th man label to him, I guess. Um Every year in year out, and now all of a sudden he makes the team out of spring, which he told, which he told me it was a huge deal for him. I don't know if people understand that. He was like, "Man, I was really fighting to, after getting DFA, to actually be a part of this team." And I made the team, and I was just like celebrating like crazy. And was, you don't think about it because look at the numbers he's putting up and and everything else. So I, you know, I, I don't know if it's a comeback, if it's if you call it a comeback, he's kind of in between. Either way, man, it is super cool to see what he's doing. It's fun to watch. Well, one guy who I'm already tired of, and he just started his career, and if we're going to have to watch this for a long time, this Julio Rodriguez show has got to stop because every single time he steps up against the A's, the ball's going out to left, it's going out to right center, he's making plays. I mean, we all kind of laugh, Kelnick. It's like, oh, this guy's supposed to be so great. Oh, he's going back to AAA. Uh, this Rodriguez kid is the real deal, and it's scary. Yeah, he. Uh, you mentioned those two guys, and you know, look, I'm sure, you know, Jared Kelnick will come back and, and be a big leaguer and, and put up some good numbers. But <sighs> Julio Rodriguez, and, and you know, people back when I when I got done playing and before I you know, jumped on with the Mariners and did some stuff, but people said, oh, would you be interested in scouting? And, you know, international scouting is specifically, obviously, because I'm Australian. And I was like, I wouldn't make a good scout because it doesn't matter how good the player is. I always look at the floors or look at the glass half empty. You know, so I even but when I look at Julio Rodriguez, he's that one guy when I'm watching, there is none. And I'm sorry to say it, he, but he is just on another level. Jared Kelnick, when he was called up last year, you sh- I mean, it was everyone was banging the drum. It was insane. Like they were comparing it to Felix Hernandez, King Griffey Jr. Even I'm like, man, slow all right. down. Like, yeah, exactly. And there was flaws there. Like when you're watching him play, like even the spring training, there was a couple of these these things you look at that that are. But Jared, I mean, Julio Rodriguez, man, it's he just takes pride in the athleticism, in the speed, in in the play being a center fielder, not just being pigeonholed to a left fielder. All these little things that from a young player you look at and go, man, that's exciting. And then then you put the exit below on the end of that. Now he's starting to lift the ball, get that launch angle where the balls are starting to get in the air a little bit more. It's scary, man. He, he is, i, I got to say, he is the real deal for sure. Yeah, and, and I know we always joke, you know, money ball when Billy Bean says, I don't care how the guy looks. We're not selling jeans here. But like, like yesterday when he hit the home run and he's rounding first base and he's pointing out to center field and he's got that big smile and he's a good-looking young kid, you go, yep, he's got star written all over him. Yeah, he, he absorbs that role, if that makes sense. Like he absorbs all that attention. I think with – and I keep comparing Jared Kelnick. It's kind of easy to do that. I think, you know, Jared Kelnick's fighting air half the time. You know what I mean? Like he's trying to deflect it. 
like deflect everything and, and he's fighting, you know, he's got with I think with Julio Rodriguez, I think he really just takes on uh that kind of attention in a good way. And then and on the flip side too, man, like the first opening day here, you know, I go up and sort of do the rounds and reintroduce myself to some of the players and stuff. And you know, if you're part of the media or whatever, you don't you just I get it as a player. I'm like, yeah, you know, just leave me leave me alone half the time. <laughs> I'm going around and shaking hands, saying hi, just trying to tiptoe, you know. I walk up to him, Julio, how you doing, man, Ryan? I don't know what the kid's like for real. He's like, hey, what's going on, man? Good to see you. But he, he just kind of has that thing about him where he is present. And I think that with taking on all the expectations and the physical tools and how just free and easy he moves as an athlete, then you put on that extra below 110 plus, man, at a, at a frequent rate. It's scary. It really is. He, he's going to be really good. You know, when you look at the Mariners right now and, you know, 37 and 41, 12 and a half games back, I just don't see whether it's Texas or the Angels catching the Houston Mm -hmm. Astros. But I think if you're these teams, you could say, well, I know everybody in the East is playing well, but if I'm the Mariners, I'm still in the wild card race, and it's July 1st. I mean, everybody in the East – is playing like you know what. They have just been a division that's hell on wheels. What chance July 1st, only four and a half back for the wild card, do you give the Mariners? Yeah, you know, only because I'm talking to you guys. If I was talking to someone in Seattle, I'd be like, no, 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 they're, they're, they're still good to go. They're going to go to the playoffs. But I think because I'm talking <laughs> to you guys, I can think a little differently. I, I'll be honest with you, man. Like the month of, the month of May was a real letdown was a real bummer. It really was. Um, April, that was sort of like, okay, you know, it's early, it's early. May rolled around and all of a sudden the, the depth issue showed up. You know, if you guys last year, for example, when you guys were running for a playoff spot and then you kind of you fell off at the end, but the years prior to that, even the times when Grant Balfour was with you guys and there was always that constant, you know, running for that playoff spot, there was just that depth. There was that extra player off the bench. There was that guy hitting eighth in the lineup. There was that, that guy in the bullpen who kind of like, you know, um, who glued the starter to the closer. The Mariners have just haven't had that extra dude, that that little that little piece of depth, I think, that they needed. And this goes back to spring training. So that worries me a little bit. They're on a little bit better run right now. They're starting to hit a little bit in the, in the middle of the lineup. Um, you know, Jesse Winker, I still don't quite know what to make of him, to be honest. Like, where's that extra 20 feet of – Ball, you know, the, the extra 20 feet of flight on the ball. He just hasn't said maybe because he's playing in Cincinnati last year. Um, but when you watch him right now in the last couple of weeks, they've looked a lot better. But, man, it's going to be – you mentioned some of those teams are up against for that – even that wild card. It's going to be – it's going to be they're, they're going to get on a tear quick, I think. Well, before we let you go, this just popped up, and we were talking about earlier how just everything's changing. We're seeing, you know – I know you follow American sports when USC and UCLA are now joining the Big Ten uh, up there in the Pacific Northwest. The Live Tour is playing, competing against the PGA Tour. So many different things are changing. And you just think about baseball. Would you come in like 2007 or six, right around in there? Yeah. 2007, first year in the big leagues, yeah. All right. If I would have said in 2007, I would have said, hey, by the way, uh, Apple – um, which I don't even know if you really knew much about Apple. You're going to be playing on uh, Apple TV. I, it just came up right here on my phone. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, and Angels and the Astros clash Friday night baseball, Apple TV. It's like, 
Isn't it amazing how fast we consume our sport and how fast oh, yeah. it's changing? Yeah, it's insane. Um, you know, there's you can go down all kinds of different rabbit holes with with what's happening. You know, from our attention span. You know, like everyone's attention spans are so much shorter. People want, like with the Apple TV, the Apple games, I've seen quite a few of them and, and they're really trying to, you know, go in different directions. And I think for, for me, I don't know for you guys, but man, I just, I just, I just want to watch for, I just want to watch, watch baseball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, I know the game well enough. I don't have to be like wowed with all these extra little, you know, content on the, on the, on the side of things to, to throw at me, to, to make things different. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's nuts, man. I I don't even think, like, I was, I was talking to Dallas Braden about this too. You've got th- the way a game, the audio soundtrack of a game, you've got the play-by-play guy and the color analyst. You know, I I feel like, you go back, for, you mentioned 2007 to now, I think you go another ten, 10 years from now, and it's going to be completely different, I think. And you've seen, like, little, you know, snippets of that with the NFL. Now they've got two dudes sitting on the couch and, having people come in the way you take on how you listen to people break the game down. I think it's going to be completely different. I I really do. And whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I don't know, but I think there's going to be like, you know, now you're going to have like, I hope not. I'm just, you know, going put my, put my, my hat, my um, crystal ball out here for a second, but are you going to have like a panel of six dudes sitting around and breaking down something or during the game? I don't know, whatever it may be. Or you may have six different ways to listen to six different options to listen to who's, you know, being the Dallas Braden and, you know, that you play by play guy, whatever it may be. Um, it's, it's one of these things, man. It's crazy the, how fast it changes and how you have to now all of a sudden abide to people's attention spans because people can't sit down for three hours and just watch a frigging baseball game. It's just so different now, you know? Well, let's end on this. Because of Balfour, because of Liam, you'd be you're proud. You should be proud. We've got all kinds of Australians and people in New Zealand who who take in A's baseball. We have a fan who calls in to the show named Lucas, who's going to be here. I think in three weeks. We're totally setting him up. But wow. when he always calls, like he called last night, and you're like, well, it's already Saturday there. And so we have Australians who are all into A's baseball, and whenever they come to Oakland, we take care. We're taking care of your people here in the Bay Area. Uh, no, trust me. You've, you've had some good ones, man. You've had some good eggs, man. Balfour, obviously, Liam Hendricks. You've had you know, just a couple cup of coffee, coffees too. I think Rich Thompson was there for just a second. I think Luke Hughes was another one who was there for just a second yeah. as well. But uh, – I mean, when you've got two guys like Liam Hendricks and, and Grant Balfour, who, by the way, back in Australia in the baseball community, everyone loves them. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, they, they should just build a bronze statue at the airport. You know, I'm, I'm joking, but, but for both those guys, you, you do see the kids having the, the following still, even though Liam's left especially, but you still see the Oakland A's gear everywhere, the hats, the, the, the jerseys or whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, no, definitely. Everyone knows everything about the Oakland A's back home, that is for sure. Uh, promote your podcast one more time. Well, for sure. It's called The Top Step with uh, Ryan Roland Smith, Grant Balfour. We have current players, former players, all different walks of life. We have an Aussie segment. We have the Australian word of the day. You can learn something, get educated about Australian culture for sure. We have a good laugh, but that's a lot of fun, man. I, I just love having conversations with these players and diving into whether it's how do you, you know, prep for the you know, Paul Blackburn tomorrow, how are you prepping for the Mariners to take me back to that time when you got DFA'd or, 
you know, you're off season or whatever it may be. I, I love it, man. It's a blast. So, um, yeah, if you go to the, the top www.thetopstep.com, go there, check out all the episodes and enjoy. Yeah. For God's sake, Grant Balfour, you know how much everybody in our uh, fan base loves him. So we'll, we'll keep promoting it. Thank you for yeah, coming yeah. on. We always appreciate it. And let's do this again soon. Let's do it, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Appreciate it, guys. Mariners pre and post. He's good. I uh, I had the banner. Balfour Rage. I had the banner rolling down there, uh, um, or the ticker, telling people how to listen to his podcast. Because actually last night I was texting with him like, hey, are you cool doing it over video with us? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, what streaming thing do you guys use? And I said, we use StreamYard. And I had a whole conversation for an hour with him about uh, but how StreamYard works and how our video streaming works. So, like, he's, like, all on board. He wants to sign up for it for his for the podcast he's doing. He sent me a video of he did with uh, Taylor Trammell the other day. Did you tell him how well Stream, StreamYard was working today when you are panicking? It was more the camera, but it's good now. Just, just, you know, a lot of people may not know how much you were panicking earlier today before the show. But all, all I know is I just – I heard these little words whispered to me. And you just want to dr- – you want to just gloss right over that? No, no. I, all I thought of the entire time was whenever the camera was working, I started thinking of you saying, just make it happen. Just make it happen. Apparently, make, it's a T-shirt now. Yeah, just make it happen. It's it's our slogan. Just make it happen. Stop giving me all the details. Stop. I just, it, it just, doesn't that just drive you nuts in this world? When people got to go on and on and on and why this, why, just, just do it. Just make it happen. Maybe that's just me and I've been saying that my entire life, but it's kind of how I handle business. Cody will sit here and moan and complain. Just, just make it happen. Do I? Do I? Do I? You've worked with me now for years. Do I go on and on and on about stuff? Just make it happen. Do I? No. Have I ever? Not that I know of. It's not what I. Just get us on the air. Just, just, just. I don't need to know the details. I don't need to – what is the – about being pregnant? I don't, need to, I don't need to know how the bread got put in the oven or something like that. Uh, my wife would know that saying probably. Yeah, I, mean, I don't need to know. I don't need I, – I, I don't care. I just make it happen. It's like my brother in business. It's like he just wants to – just, 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 just make money. I mean, just, just make it happen. Is it that tough? Just make it happen. <laughs> God. It drives not, me nuts. You're not going to promote that you have a T-shirt now? I do have a T-shirt now. Is it? Is it? But but is it fully about me? I I heard it was. Last dive bar. The, the this normally I wear last dive bar. This I don't even know where we got this. Where did we get this? Is this last dive bar? No, no, that was a. We got that from the organization. They gave us. They gave all. Is the, this an actual A thing? Yeah. I've got so much. I don't even know where I got. I've been pulling out. Um, I've been pulling out some oldies, but oldies but goodies. How about when I pulled out the. Uh, Tokyo shirt. Tokyo shirt. You, I mean, if you weren't if you weren't on the traveling party to Tokyo in 2019, you don't have that shirt, probably. Uh, no, uh, my shirt, which no one can really see, it has all the neighborhoods in Oakland on it. That is because it's the A's. That's a. I bought it at the team store. Yeah, that's a that's licensed product. We have licensed product on today. But we'll get back to our our last dive bar product. Great sponsor, lastdivebar.com. Uh, right field Will's getting a shirt. Oh, he has a whole line. Brian sent it to me from Brian from the last. He's got a whole line. I guess I have a shirt. I, I know he sent me. I didn't know if he was joking or not. So if you go to Last Dive Bar, you can get Just Make It Happen. 
Yeah. I want to see those on, all over the Coliseum. It's on Twitter too, but yeah, he said Just it. make it happen. Yeah. They here's the there's our tweet. Go to the go to I'll tell you the Twitter to go to. Go to at last eye bar and you'll see the what the gif of right filled Will and his line of A's gear. See the gif of his head and his hat changing. That's how bad the season is. <laughs> We're now promoting right field Will. And a whole just line, make it happen. And a whole line, a whole line of clothing for right field Will. And you got a T-shirt. I mean, come on. When right field Will is getting promoted, that's when you know you've dropped twenty six of your last thirty two, dating back to May twenty sixth. Easily the worst record in the majors in that span. When you go through a run of losing twenty six of thirty two, that's when right field Will starts getting mentioned. Can I, can I read this? No offense. Can I read this text to you real quick? For what it's worth, my family is from Oakland, dating back to 1870. My four-time, my four, my four-time great-grandparents live there. My great-grandparents live there. My grandparents live there. I spent my whole life in the town. But, yeah, I don't live there. That's the great Casey Pratt texting me. Who cares? <laughs> you you, um, you want to go my family in Massachusetts? We came over after the Mayflower. You want to talk about how long my family's been in Massachusetts? Fought in every single war, Casey Pratt, to make it for your family in Oakland? I tried to get him to come on to the Casey himself. Pratt, you wouldn't even have family in Oakland if it wasn't for my family in Massachusetts. We started this country. Then why don't you – Casey Pratt, do you live in Oakland? Uh, he said no. Yeah, thank you. Who in Oakland is taking up the flag and is making this happen? Why are we? I was letting Casey know that we read his text. I want to see what he has to say back. He's like, when are you going to have me on? I'm like, you want to come on and defend yourself? He's like, I'm getting ready for my commute. He tuned in to see Cavill, so he saw saw that he heard you after. Oh, he just tunes in because of Cavill? I got to sit there and watch them suck up to the Warriors every two seconds, <laughs> and then and then, and then he, can't, he can't partake in this program? I mean, they act like nothing's happened in this world but the Warriors, if you watch that channel. Casey's response was, you're the best. Oh, God. <laughs> we have not taken a break yet. Yeah, we probably should. An hour and a half. Do they do that on Channel 7, Casey Pratt, an hour and a half of commercial-free content? Can you go an hour and a half without talking Warriors? Kevon Looney's back three years, 25 Ooh, million. Ooh, special tonight. <laughs> Get Kerry Keating on the plane. Oh, bring Kerry Keating back from North Carolina. Where's a Donald Foyle? We're talking about Kevon Looney for four hours. You're listening to A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. I just put on the wrong headphones. These are the A's Total Access A's Clubhouse Show headphones. We're dealing with a lot of equipment in this studio, by the way. There is. is We have more equipment than most. And I don't know if that's the makeup for the talent, lack of talent, or what it is. But <laughs> We should ask, since the people are with our fans that are listening uh, and watching, uh, comment on the uh, YouTube page or send us a tweet at, athletics, at AthleticsCast24. Do you prefer the two-shot or the one-shot camera sequence? I don't know. Someone out there. Why don't you put it on, on a poll on Twitter? Well, I just gave – I told people to, to – I mean, I could. Yeah. Acquiring minds want to know. So celebrate African-American Heritage Day at the ballpark on July 9th as we proudly honor and appreciate the important contributions that the African-American community has made to our team, community, and the game of baseball. Fans can snag a commemorative African-American, African-American Heritage Day hat presented – by Cal State East Bay as we take on the Houston Astros. Tickets are available at athletics.com slash tickets. That, that's, let, that's athletics.com slash tickets. That's July 9th, so that's next Saturday against the Houston Astros. Athletics.com slash tickets. And thank you to our sponsor, Cal State East Bay, for providing for being the sponsor of these, the Hat for African American Heritage Day. The underbills that we do on these hats are phenomenal. Oh, whoever the company is, it's 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 a game changer. It literally I think I still have the uh yeah, I still have it. Hold on. I mean, look at these things. Look at the detail. We never had this in our old when we gave away hats. This was the Stop Asian hat right here. Stop Stop Stop, stop Asian. Asian hate hat. And then, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I have the the Pride Night hat at home. I mean, too. look at these underbills. I mean, seriously, for giveaways? I used to always joke that you look at the hats, right? And the old school hats are like, you'd get them and you wear them home, and you'd wear it to school or whatever, and within a day they were trashed. Oh, yeah. They are falling apart. These are, these are seriously well-made hats. It's impressive. It's very, very impressive. There you go. Oh, thank you. You know, this season is, and I'm going to wait for this question because we're playing the Mark Kotze show here. You want to do it now? When do you want to do it? Well, we're on until 6, so whenever you're ready. Probably the most important thing for this season right now is about his development. Outside of ballpark. 
what if you had to rank what and you had to say, okay, what needs to be accomplished? The number one thing that needs to be accomplished this season. What's the biggest benefit? Is it a certain player? Yeah, you can make that case. But one player is not turning this whole thing around. Correct. Right? And there may not be one player, even in the young guys, Allen, Pache, you name it, that's not turning this thing around. Could it be, I don't know, I might be overselling this. Could it be the development of Mark Kotze as a manager? Because if you don't think the manager is important, if you don't think the guy that sits at the front of the plane and the front of the bus is not a big deal, you're kidding yourself. That that theory by front offices, thinking that it's all about the data, is the only thing that matters, has failed over and over again. Somebody has to manage the egos. Somebody has to get all these guys on the same page. Someone's got to get these guys to play smart baseball. Somebody's got to be able to kick somebody in the butt when they need to be kicked in the butt. Um it's just not all data. It's just not all the data. And I'm going to keep challenging people on doing stuff that's more consistent. Because we have a lot of inconsistencies going. And I'll hear people say, well, you know, that used to happen, you know, with Melvin. There was a lot of inconsistencies with the lineup. And I kind of off the air had a conversation about that with Mark Kotze today. And it's like, well, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't love that. So, what we're, you know what's consistent? Inconsistent lineups under Melvin or Kotze. Yeah. Right? Kind of like, you don't know day-to-day who's playing, who's coming to the yard. Like you mentioned before, the only And guy- by the way, any sports psychologist will tell you consistency works. It's good for players, especially players who aren't great players. King Griffey Jr. can show up and not know who he's playing against, not knowing who's pitching. It doesn't matter because he's so God-gifted. But guys that don't have that, consistency is a better thing for them uh, to win and be good players. There's not a sports psychologist that would say chaos and not knowing is better than knowing and consistency. Yeah, and I think that I had a, I was going somewhere with – oh, you mentioned the lineup. The only guy you know under Bob Melvin that you, in the last few years you could write in the lineup in the same spot as you mentioned before was Marcus Simeon. Uh, and by the way, that wasn't originally the plan. No. You didn't know Marcus Simeon could be that guy until you gave him the chance to do it, right? Remember when Marcus Simeon, you know, his first year, what? Not his first year, but uh, whatever year, what, he had like 25 bombs? That would have been like 2017 or yeah. 18. He, he, he hit all over the place. Marcus Simeon did not become a everyday, he's leading off guy until you gave him the opportunity and you stuck with it. You didn't go lead off, hit eighth, hit six, lead off, hit ninth, hit. No. Marcus Simeon is now a leadoff hitter because they finally gave him an opportunity and said, we're going to do it. Let's see how it works. He got consistency. And next thing you know, he's a leadoff hitter who got a $175 million contract who has finished third in the MVP balloting. But when he first started with the A's, they didn't do it. What year was that? 
the year he hit 27 homers was 2016. Yeah. 2015, I mean, he was hit all over the lineup. Remember Jed Lowry finally, Bob just said, all right, Jed's hitting third. And Jed had monster years. Jed's hitting third. Consistency somewhere in the lineup helps. Consistency helps with the bullpen. When guys know roles and the guys that, you know, it's just, it helps. It works. Well, I didn't know this. Marcus played in every game last year. He's played in every game every year. Uh, well, 2020 played in 53 of the 60. But, yeah, I mean, I that's two out of three years. The last two full seasons he's played, and he played in 159 the year before. Consistency, right. He's Consistency. He's durable. I mean, it's it works. That's why when you NBA folk, that's why they like to have the consistent rotations by playoff time. Yeah. Have you ever noticed when you're watching your favorite NBA team that when they get close to the playoffs and into the playoffs, not everybody plays anymore. You start developing your routine of who's going to play, how they're going to play. It's consistency. NFL, you have your consistent rotation of running backs, uh, wide receivers, who's the quarterback. Guess what? Whoever the quarterback's comfortable with, those are the guys who play because they're consistent with each other. Consistency in professional sports works. Line changes in hockey. All of a sudden you get into the playoffs and it starts working. Are you now changing it every game? No. Wait a minute. So you're telling me. It's called chemistry with hockey. Are you telling me that if I get into hockey and I'm winning that I'm going to stay with the same line changes? Yes. You're not changing it every game? They're building, they're, the guys build chemistry Woo! on the same line. Wow. Well, that's what the A's do year after year in the playoff years. Did anybody think that the A's were great, consistent hitters in the playoffs? Were the Lions were consistently good in the playoffs? No. They couldn't hit. They were either home run or strikeout or, or walk, the three-inch outcome. That was consistent. That's true. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Your three true outcomes were, were sure consistent. And when you hit home runs, you won. When you didn't home runs, early exit, bye-bye, you won one playoff series. Even though you did hit home runs at Dodger Stadium. That's true. Well, but so did I the Astros. I don't think that really counted. Yeah, the Astros hit a lot of home runs, too. I think there was something called the baseball. Yeah, that's a big deal. We're still trying to figure it out years later. Yeah, it was like a bouncy ball. Yeah, it didn't work. All right, do you have the sponsor and everything in there? Yeah, it's all in here. It's time now for the Mark Kotze Show. It's Friday right here on A's Cast Live. It's time now for the Mark Kotze Show brought to you by Nest Betting. Check out their locations in the Bay Area or you go online to nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. They got fantastic mattresses, sheets, pillows, all your bedding needs. Check out their stores in the Bay Area, or you go to nestbedding.com. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. Mark, how are you today up in the Pacific Northwest? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we could refer to this as the Starbucks uh, land, but uh, having some coffee and excited about uh, talking to you. Yeah, you're, you're never going to be in a situation where you can't find coffee at any time of the day. That's true. Um, you know, we're starting off our morning here. Uh, it's a beautiful day in Seattle. 
and uh, night game to follow and, uh, you know, another opportunity to go out and, and try to win a game. You know, I, I know for you, you know, when you're able to see some family and, and, and I know for players too, depending where you are in, in the country, just how important is it for you to tell guys, you know, get out of the hotel room, see a little bit of the city, see friends, see people, you know, these long road trips can be brutal. How important is that for uh, to live a life other than just doing ballpark hotel? Yeah, you definitely can get stuck in the rut of, uh, you know, ballpark to hotel room uh, and, you know, not end up leaving the hotel before you turn around and go back to the ballpark for, for the next day. So it is important to get out. It's important to uh, take in some sights, you know, try to uh, – Try to go, if you do have family in town, visit with them, uh, spend some time, you know, with people that, that you care about, um, you know, and, and that can include taking a teammate to lunch. Yesterday, we, uh, we had a little bit of a later um, arrival to the field, and uh, the text message out to the guys was take a teammate to lunch. Uh, you know, that's important. You know, the bonding that we have uh, doesn't only take place in, in the clubhouse, but it does take place off the field, uh, building those relationships, and, uh, and we value that as well. Yeah, and, and, and it shows on the field because no matter what the record is, the record is what it is, but I think a big key for you, something that you've stressed ever since spring training was we're going to fight and we're going to fight every day, and I think you still have to be very proud of the fight you're getting from your players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's no quitting these guys, and, and we, you know, we've had those discussions, and you know, they still play with energy, and it's, it's important that they – they, you know, extract as much fun out of this game as they can. It's, it's not a rewarding game by any measure. It's a game of failure. And, you know, the best players in this league, uh, they fell 70% of the time at the plate. So, uh, you know, you can see the guys, the, the bond that they have, uh, the fight that they have, you know, whether it's Ramon Laureano uh, expressing his emotion in the dugout and going out and competing and to, uh, to, you know, just the, the end of our games and the battle that they, they continue to put up and they continue to try to, you know, um, get get guys up to the plate to win games. And, and so the effort level's there. Uh, you know, the wins and losses haven't been reflective of, of that. Um, but you know what? We're going to go compete, and we're going to compete till the end of the season that way. You know, we're starting to now really see the entire game of Nick Allen and his ability to hit, his ability to run. He's starting to throw down bunts. It's this all-around type of player glove defense an arm for his size i know you've worked a lot with him uh because both of you guys live in san diego and so you've known nick for a long time would you say now that he's getting comfortable we're now starting to see the full package yeah i think that's accurate tony i think you know it, it's difficult for any young player to come to the, the major leagues and have immediate impact and feel comfortable and have immediate success and you know, we've seen that with our some of our younger guys this year. Um, you know, you refer to to Nick Allen, and, and this is his second time or third time back up with us. You, he does look a little bit more relaxed. He does look a little bit more like he belongs. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, reflective of the performance. Um, we've seen him make some nice plays at shortstop, at second base. Um, you know, yesterday in a game where, where he dropped down the drag bunt, um, you know, we've talked to Nick, and we're going to continue to talk to him. Uh, about what he has to do to be successful at this level. And, and really, it's dominating the fundamentals and utilizing every every facet that he can to uh, perform offensively as well as defensively. You know, you, you use the word comfortable. 
And you just wonder, like, when a player comes up, you go from the minor leagues to the big leagues, which is so different. It's just like this isn't like football or basketball where you could be playing football in the SEC and you go to the NFL and it's not really that big a different or a difference. Or same thing with a big-time college basketball program to the NBA. But going from amateur baseball, then minor league baseball, to the big leagues is a complete 180. When do you think you see a young player start to get comfortable? What are, like, the attributes that you go, okay, this kid's starting to get it? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when when you start to feel comfortable at the, at the major league level, I think you start to take on maybe a, a small portion of a leadership role. And you can see guys on the field, you know, whether they're you know defensively taking charge. When, when they start to really feel comfortable, you see them at the plate. Uh, you know, controlling the at-bat as opposed to just taking the at-bat. So, um, you know, it takes time. There's no question. And uh, obviously, you know, success has something to do with the comfortability as well. And and when you're performing well, you 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 seem to uh, you know accelerate that process of of feeling like you belong and feeling like you can be here and and play every day at this level and and be successful. So. Um, you know, for our young guys, it, it, it's definitely noticeable. Uh, and Nick is doing a great job at, at, you know, trying to get his feet on the ground and, and feeling uh, that sense of comfortability for sure. Christian Pache has so much talent. We know that. And hopefully he is going to be a massive part of the future here for the Oakland Athletics. You sent him back down. I mean, obviously you gave him a ton of at-bats, a ton of opportunity which will be good for him long-term. I also think it now is good for him to go down to Las Vegas and, and get some confidence back, get some wins down there, have some big games before you bring him back up. What did you say to Christian when you guys were sending him down? Well, the biggest thing for Christian, I think, you know, is that when he does go back down to Vegas, that he continues the work ethic that, that we saw here. All of us uh, from our strength coach uh, to our hitting coaches, uh, to our outfield coach, we all talk to him. He's one of the hardest workers on our club, and and he really cares. And you know that about him. The way he plays, he plays with a passion and emotion. Uh, we've seen that this year. And uh, you know, for Christian, as you talk about, we we gave him an extended look, an extended opportunity, and you know, we've seen flashes. We saw incremental improvement uh, in the right direction. Uh, you know, even over the last two weeks uh, before we sent him down yesterday. Um, you know, the trends are in the right direction. It's just now going out and, as you talked about, Tony, building that confidence, solidifying the approach, and uh, and having success. And, you know, when he goes to Vegas, uh, he's not going to look up on the scoreboard and see the batting average. It's, it's a new start for him. It's a fresh start and a place where we feel confident that he's going to go and, and, and have that success to get back to this this uh, this team. Man, you can't say it enough how brutal that is. You know, you, you people just don't understand. You don't get out to a good start. And as you said, you, your numbers are everywhere when you go to the plate. They're on the scoreboards. They're on the ribbons around the stadium. Everywhere says you're average, says you're struggling. And then it's like you're pressing and you want to try and get it all back in one at-bat in one game. And that's just not a reality. And it's And it's easy to tell people not to press. But like they say, easier said than done. Yeah, no question. Um, you know, we, we're here. We're, we're, our expectation level is to be the best. And, you know, when, when that doesn't happen, it doesn't take place. You continue to grind. But 
you definitely feel the pressure of, of the lack of performance. And, and you, you can't hide that, as you talk about. It's every day. We play this game, you know, 162 days uh, in less than 100, I think, total 185. And so it's nonstop. Uh, you know, you've got to turn the page, learn how to turn the page. And, and that can take time as a young player um, to know that, you know, today's a new day and a new opportunity to come to the ballpark uh, and, and just focus on that one at bat as opposed to those four at bats that you know you're going to get that night that could impact, you know, your batting average or the, obviously the team's success. So it's a grind and uh, it is a learning experience for these younger guys that are going through it right now. What would it mean for your lineup on an everyday basis? If Ramon Laureano does start to get hot and Stephen Piscotty can stay healthy and these two can be a mainstay in the middle of the order, what would that mean for it? Yeah, you know, I mean, for Ramon last night coming off a great game, uh, you know, a two-homer game that both both balls went out to the opposite field. So, you know, that's Ramon at, at his best. And, you know, Stephen back in the lineup, getting his feet on the ground. He's only, you know, been been back in for three days. But, you know, drove a couple runs in for us in New York. So, you know, having those two veteran uh, presence in the middle of the lineup, if we can get those bats going and get some guys on in front of them, uh, you know, it'll definitely help impact our offense. But I do feel our offense has had, uh, you know, uh, it's improving. It's going in the right direction. You know, we I think we out-hit the Yankees, even though we didn't win, you know, the games in New York. I think we out-hit them uh, collectively in the series. And, and again, last night we out-hit Seattle. Um, but we ended up on the wrong side of the game. So the ball club, you're going to be back home for 4th of July. 4th of July is always a special day. It's fireworks. It's honoring our country, you know, a country's birthday. Uh, For you as a player, as a coach, now a manager, what's 4th of July like for a big leaguer? Uh, It's a great day. And you're obviously looking forward to to going out and, and playing, you know, the greatest game there is. And, uh, you know, having having an opportunity to at the end, uh, you know, sit and maybe if your family's there, embrace the fireworks, embrace the moment. Um, you know, I think looking back on my career, uh, the the only Fourth uh, of July that really jumps out at me was that we actually had a day off on Fourth of July. So, <laughs> um, you know, you definitely enjoy playing the game and then playing it playing it on as you talk about, um, you know, the Fourth of July and celebrating this great country. Wait, you had a day? What is is that? How's that possible? I've never had a day off on Fourth of July. It, it happened. I was with the Padres. I think it was either O two or O three. We were in Colorado. We flew in on the third and had an off day on the fourth. And uh, myself, Ryan Klesko, Phil Nevin, manager of the Angels, uh, jumped on some Harleys with our with our wives and and took off up to Vail. And uh, and took in the fourth at Vale. It was it was a pretty amazing day actually. But um, you know that that's something else. So that's amazing. I mean, because you know fireworks for us is you know every year it's my wife going. We're going to this barbecue. We're going to this party. And my my standard line is ah, we'll meet you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So coming back for the homestand, how how important is it? I don't know what you say to the guys. I don't know what you do, but just how important is it for you guys to start getting back on track at home and winning games at the Coliseum where normally the A's are pretty dominant? Yeah, we said it last homestand, and, uh, you know, we're going to go home and, and, and focus on, you know, just winning games and, and how we do that. And, you know, offensively, we've had our, our struggles at the Coliseum, and I think that's kind of, 
uh, laid over our heads in terms of our hitters' uh, confidence. But, um, you know, we're swinging the bats well, so hopefully we come home, continue to swing the bats well, and, and win some baseball games at home. Well, good stuff. Enjoy the Pacific Northwest, and next time we'll talk, we'll see you in Oakland. Sounds good, Tony. Thanks for having me, bud. There you go. It's the Mark Kotze Show brought to you by Ness Betting. Oh, golf tip going off on Instagram. Uh, Go to Ness Betting. Check out their locations in the Bay Area, or you go online, nessbetting.com. Mattress, sheets, pillows, anything with betting, check them out. And, of course, the mattress Ricky Anderson sleeps on and quite a few other people that we know. Nestbedding.com. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. Because uh, we're about out of time. What? Um, what time's the show? Uh, pre-game's at 610. Um, okay, quickly. Quickly. Hats off. And you know... I'm gonna have I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a tough time with this. But the Astros, if they're taking on the Yankees with all this Yankee crap now, I might be rooting for them. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. By the way, since June eighteenth, that was the last time the Astros trailed in in an at bat in a game. Against the White Sox was June eighteenth. That's the last time they've gone into an inning or an at bat. They were trailing. They're 15-9 and nine against teams that if the season ended today and they were in the playoffs, they're 15-9 and nine against those teams. And what did I send you today? Oh, never trailed in their entire series with the Yankees or the Mets. That's incredible. Never Cause, trailed. Because we're talking about the Yankees who could break the 100, could get it to 120 wins. Oh, you're crowned. Oh, the Yankees might as well just give the World Series ring to the Yankees Aaron Judge now. is going to be the MVP. Ah, as much as I hate the Astros, I hate the Yankees more. Um, the I went and looked right now. The Astros went that one nothing in the first inning today. To, it's all right. It, to end, the it ended today. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to look to see how they did today because they're, they're on that Apple TV game. But, yeah, they're, they're up 2-1 against the Angels right now. All right. There's a lot we didn't get. We had we got to get into. Um, You're all star voting. I want to hear this. Oh my god! All star voting is just now done online by like it's just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Is the all star voting not real? And now there's an automatic starter into the all star game. The all star games in every sport have jumped the shark. They don't work anymore. It's sad. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch the Pro Bowl. Nobody watches NBA. Nobody watches NHL. The last game that kind of stood the test of time was because baseball can actually do a real game. But now it's like the ratings have just gone like this for the All-Star game. My wife and I are going with her father and grandfather. We're going to the Home Run Derby. We're not going to the All-Star game. We bought tickets for the Home Run Derby. So I'm going to that. But I've been to the All-Star game. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine if you're there to watch it. It's cool if you have rooting interest from, you know, cool seeing someone from the A's or a team you, you know, a team you like, but it doesn't mean that the, the World Series thing isn't there anymore. Home field doesn't matter anymore. I mean, it, this is something that's happened forever, too. It's just like you get it, but it used to be people used to do the punch the ballots at the ballpark. Now people are just online, and they vote for guys who don't even – are not even playing. 
Like Fernando Tatis, who's – Hasn't played a game. He's fifth in the uh, shortstop voting. Hasn't played a game. Mike Schmidt was voted in, and, well, he at least played, but he was at like a buck 67. It's like people don't pay attention. It's like, what, what, what is this? William Contreras, the catcher from the – backup catcher from the Braves, is the second DH right now. He's played 12 games at DH. Started 12, played 13. What are we doing? Yeah, what is the credibility start, of this? He's going to start because Bryce Harper's hurt. And it used to be, hey, it's about the fans because it was the fans who punched the ballots at the ballpark. Now everything's done online. These aren't even fans. Majority of the people voting are people who don't even go to games. Yeah, true. It's become big business, MasterCard's involved. I get that. I'm all for that. I'm all for making money in baseball. But we used to say the fan vote mattered because the fans, this is who they want to see because all the votes were coming from the ballpark. If you don't know, they used to give you this little paper, kind of stiffer paper, and you would punch the holes for who you wanted to see, and you'd turn it into the usher. Usher would turn it in. So the people who were being voted in the All-Star game were by people who actually attended baseball games. Now everything is done online. Now it has nothing to do with actually going to games. So is this really who the fans want to see? By the way, guess who's real quickly, real quick, guess who's third in the uh, AL third base All-Star voting? Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman. Because all Canada Because all votes. Canada votes for him. Yeah, he's, not having an, online. he's not having an all-star year, but Canada vo- comes out and votes for everyone. We knew, we do need to get more into the Bobby Bonilla, Max Scherzer. So it's on the same day now. Yeah. July 1st. July 1st. That's crazy. All righty. That'll do it for A's Cast Live. We want to thank the president, Dave Cavill, Ryan Roland-Smith from the Seattle Mariners, former player, now does a podcast with Grant Belfour, former A, and the manager, Mark Kotze. Coming up in seven minutes, we'll have A's Total Access by, brought to you by Chevron. July 4th, don't forget, A's Cast Live. What time are we on? We're on at 3. We're going to have Dan Schoen from the Blue Jays, and we're going to have – I asked for Stephen Piscotti because he's back, but he has a great story with Mark Capella as his college roommate, which we found out today on Mad Dog Show. Everybody takes the day off because it's a holiday, not A's Cast Live. We'll see everybody on Monday. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.